It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back to Money for Lunch. Thank you so much uh, for supporting our show. We appreciate it so much. Um, you know, I think we are now available on just about every platform, uh, everywhere from, you know, Apple to Stitcher to iHeartRadio, uh, uh, I should say, um, you know, just literally hundreds, maybe even a thousand places you can now get the show. And we are currently negotiating with uh, Pandora, and hopefully will be available there. So uh, that will be just a little bit of, uh, we call it icing on the cake, so to speak. All right, so uh, let's start with the quote of the day. No other success can compensate for failure in the home. The poorest shack in which love prevails over a united family is of greater value to God and future humanity than any other riches. In such a home, God can work miracles and will work miracles. And that's attributed to David O. McKay. David O. McKay. No other success can compensate for future for failure in the home. The poor shack in which love prevails over a united family is of greater value to God and future humanity than any other riches. In such a home, God can work miracles and will work miracles. Again. David O. McKay just really enjoyed that quote, and that quote was sent to us by Rebecca B. out of Los Angeles, California. Rebecca B., you got some swag coming your way, and I think we had some new T-shirts in the house, um, and uh, I love this quote so much. Not only would you get a T-shirt, but you'll also receive my book, Dominating Your Mind, available at dominatingyourmind.com. Thank you so much for uh, sending that to us. And uh, all right, let's jump into it. Let's get the party started. I'm being joined today by one of America's most trusted lawyers, Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson, an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans' disability benefits and social, social security disability benefits. He's a founding partner of Jackson McNichol. He has been featured on Fox ABC, CBS, NBC, network affiliates around the country. He most recently appeared as a guest of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show discussing benefits for veterans and Social Security disability benefits and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disability. He's also been quoted in USA Today and is listed in Cambridge Who's Who's. Mr. Jackson was honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with a Quilly Award in 2012 for his contribution to the best-selling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veterans' disability compensation. And in 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted to America's Most Trusted Lawyers, lawyers for his outstanding work in disability. Francis Jackson, welcome back to Money for Lunch. Thank you, Bert. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Well, you know what? I'm uh, I'm always glad to have you on the show. Uh, you know, we uh, um, we here at Money for Lunch t 
totally, uh, what do you call it, uh, are in awe and respect the kind of work that you guys do there at Jackson McNichol. Uh, and, uh, and if you guys ever want to visit the site, it's also, uh, what do you call it, veteransbenefits.com. Uh, it's in, uh, it's, again, uh, as I've said many times, the work that you guys do uh, is so important to our men and women who have uh, sacrificed so much for our, our our families and our country, and uh, and sometimes um, uh, they get kind of forgotten about. And if it wasn't for the work that you do, they would they would totally suffer. So always good to have you on the show. Well, thanks, Brett. I I'm, I'm I understand that uh, your daughter is now serving in the military. Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, my daughter, who at the uh, we call it at the ripe age of 18, decided to join the National Guard. Uh, she, uh, she's enjoying it. She, for whatever reason, loves the, the whole, uh, the, I guess, the physical uh, aspect of it. Uh, she went in as, a, as an E1, and I'm just going to do a little, little bragging here as a father. So she went in as an E1 um, and came out as an E3, a private first class. Uh, was also promoted to platoon leader. Um, and uh, is uh, looking at her options. So, uh, you know, it, it became a more, more of a real thing about uh, this whole veterans, you know, uh, disability and, and veterans benefits really became a thing because even though I, you know, she is, uh, what do you call it, not a veteran uh, per se, and she doesn't need any disability or doesn't need any help right now, you never know, uh, as a national guard, they can be called out at any time. And, and there's enough stuff going on between national disaster, uh, natural disasters and, and different little, uh, little, uh, what do you call it? Um, battles for lack of better terms that at any time she could be called out. It's totally possible. It makes it more real. That's for sure. And, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to see that, uh, the, the Congress is paying attention to that. Uh, I, I don't know if you've, if you've seen the, the news, but uh, last Tuesday the House passed a, a big policy bill aimed at improving uh, women's support services at the Department of Veterans Affairs. I did not see that. And um, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. That came out last, will you say Tuesday? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about this real quick. Uh, you know, we... we uh, as you probably know more than most of us, we, we just got through celebrating Veterans Day. Um, and, uh, and I wanted to ask you about, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, homeless veterans. How are we, or how is Congress, how is America dealing with the homeless veterans uh, issue? Actually, the, the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development has... Uh, has uh, uh, partnered with the VA to work on that. And uh, I don't know if you recall, but this initiative actually had its start in an idea that uh, the state of Utah had. It was called a program called Housing First. And the state of Utah was trying to figure out how to deal with the problem of homelessness. They started this program where they, they started by getting people into uh, low-cost or subsidized apartments so that the person had a stable place to live. And what that allowed was 
then you could communicate with the person and get them linked up with services. You know, if somebody's bouncing from place to place and they don't get mail and they don't get phone calls, very hard to deliver services. So uh, President Obama's folks uh, thought that was a, a great model, and they adopted it within the Department of uh, Housing and Urban Development, and those folks partnered with the VA to work on homelessness. And it's actually done very well. Uh, you know, um, just to, to digress a moment, my, my wife works with this program called Family Promise. It's a, it's a charity program around the country. And they've adopted sort of a similar model. What they do is they, uh, uh, they get together a group of churches, 13 churches minimum, so that uh, each, each church takes four weeks. And they house these folks over, who are homeless, homeless families, house them overnight in church facilities uh, each church takes takes turns a week at a time, and they provide food, and then they have a day program for them. In, in our area, it's at the YMCA. But it, it gives them a chance to have a way to contact folks and set them up with uh, all kinds of services. And, you know, in our area, for example, we've, we've recently gotten uh, not only families that are homeless here in the U.S., but some immigrant families, and so they were able to hook them up with uh, uh, English as a second language stuff and, you know, local uh, IDs for the U.S. and that sort of thing. Um, and the same kind of program is being is being done by the VA and HUD for, for veterans. They, they get them a place to stay, and then they can start them up with, with services. As you know, there are actually lots of services for veterans, but it's very difficult for someone who's homeless to access those services because they can't call you, they can't write to you, they can't email you. But once you have a stable place to stay and you can get mail and get phone calls, it, it's much more effective. And the, the overall um, net result, Bert, is that homelessness for veterans is down by almost 50% from 2009 when they started doing this. Wow. That's huge. It is. It really is. I mean, we're talking, you know, in, 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 a, in a relatively short amount of time, because, again, we're, it's, it's a lot of people, and, you know, all these programs move uh, at different speeds, but roughly in, a, in, in 10 years, we've cut homeless vets by 50%. That is a massive, massive accomplishment. Congratulations to uh, our government. That's that's wonderful. It really is. I mean, that's that's an impressive achievement. It, it just it blows me away. And so, uh, thank you for the church groups and all the other groups and associations that are involved in this. And and uh, and thank you to uh, you know to. HUD and all these other people that have stepped in, all these different departments that have stepped in to help, because that is such an I'm I'm just blown away by the level of accomplishment. Because you and I both know that you know that's that's doesn't always happen that quick. No, it can move awfully slowly. But you know, going back to what we were talking about a minute ago about Whitman veterans, um, what happened is last Tuesday, as you know, was the day after Veterans Day, and the, right. the House. Uh, passed this bill. It's uh, it's called the Deborah Sampson bill. It's uh, Deborah Sampson Act. And it was uh, 
was really it was very encouraging. It was passed by a huge margin, 399 to 11. Um, and it's going to require the uh, the VA to uh, establish an office of women's health within the VA and extend coverage of uh, health care coverage for newborn children of veterans from seven days, which is what it is currently, to 14 days, in addition to the ongoing medical care for the mother. Um, and really, it's it's a it's just a, a big step for the VA in dealing with women veterans. As you know, over the years, veterans have kind of been thought of as male primarily, and right. the ever increasing participation of women like your daughter in the service, um, there's there is a much bigger need for um, for uh, services for women, and, and the the House is actually done the right thing here and uh, voted it out with an overwhelming majority. I, I think such a big majority that it will probably pass even in the Senate. So it's uh, it's potentially really uh, a big deal. And that is the Deborah Sampson Act? That's correct. The Deborah Sampson Act. That is and fantastic. Then, you know, and, right and again, this is, this is something that, to me, um, as a uh, outsider, I would think it'd be a no-brainer. Here's a vet who has a child. You know, it should be. You know, it's part of the. It's part of the. Uh, it's part of the uh, family there. And and apparently, the armed forces. Uh, it sounds like the armed forces wasn't giving medical care to an infant. Is that what it was, or? No, no, they, they, they've been uh, providing seven days of care, but they've now extended it to 14, recognizing gotcha. that, that that's, that's a, a better match in, in a lot of cases. But the, the really, uh, really important part of the bill, I think, is just the, the recognition that there's, there is a significant group of female veterans now that women like your daughter are going in the service. And, and it's a really a big step forward at the VA that, you know, the, the military has sort of moved forward with, with women, uh, but the VA has been kind of a little slower. And this, sure. this is a big step. Man, that, that just blows me away. That's great. So uh, some, uh, another, another uh, what do you call it, uh, piece of good news there. Uh, hey, so I want to ask you about this. Uh, you know, we have talked about on the show a couple times uh, about these uh, things called burn pits. And for those mm-hmm. who are listening uh, or hearing this phrase for the first time, burn pits, and you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Francis, but burn pits are basically uh, these giant, massive holes, if you will, that they fill up with a bunch of junk and they set everything on fire. And they were sometimes not very careful about what they were setting on fire, so it caused some toxic uh, fumes, if you will. There might be plastic in there. There may be some, you know, they may be throwing turpentine and paint and, and uh, just just a bunch of stuff that causes toxic fumes and and uh, uh, and so these burn pits have uh, caused uh, damage to our our men and women in the armed forces is that would that would that be a correct description yeah that's right bird and it's uh, it, it's even more dramatic than uh, than you're describing i mean we put everything from uh, tanks to uh, human waste and these things and just burned everything mm. to get rid of it. And, you know, they, the, the toxins are <laughs> were all, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, um, 
the uh, you know it's bad that uh, probably the best thing they threw in there was the human waste, right? That that's probably the least the least toxic of it all. And but you know again you mentioned tanks and we're talking you know probably lead based paint and you know list goes on probably medical waste all this other stuff and yep. yeah I, I could see it. Uh, uh, I could see it causing all sorts of, uh, what do you call it, issues. Um, so what's happening with that? Uh, any updates as far as um, are there any, uh, any help to our veterans, any, any further action in the courts? What's going on? Well, that, that area is moving pretty slowly, but there, there was a, a, a Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, and Secretary of the VA, Wilkie, um, were asked by uh, – the uh, Senate to uh, um, talk about what what they're going to do about this, and the, the VA didn't really have a good answer. The Congress folks were saying, "Look, you know, um, this really need to, to move on this," and the VA is is still trying to kind of figure out uh, what's going on. Um, Secretary of Defense Esper was uh, was asked, uh, and he said, you know, after his tour in the Gulf War, uh, people uh, started recognizing Gulf War syndrome, which is a uh, not necessarily directly burn pit related, but it likely is is related. Nobody's nobody's quite got the medicine worked out on that, um, but uh, the the, uh, the defense the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of uh, Veterans Affairs uh, have made uh, public commitments to to move on this, so hopefully it's uh, it's going to go forward in the reasonably foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and again, it's it's um, one of those uh, what do you call it? Uh, back, back to what we had started talking about. Sometimes the wheels uh, in the system move very slowly. I think this is a great example. Um, and uh, the so let me ask you this: see if I can articulate this because we've been talking about the the toxins that come out of here, uh, out of these burn pits. And so right now, if you're a veteran and you were exposed, you interacted with these burn pits, whatever the, the correct terminology is, what's the steps? I mean, if you feel as though the, the the discharge from these burn pits are affecting you. What does a veteran need to do? Well, there are, there are a couple things you can do. Um, if you're a veteran that was affected in the, in the Gulf War by uh, exposure to the burn pits, uh, you should definitely sign up for the burn pit registry that, uh, that the VA has. But in terms of, of direct um, issues of, of health care and benefits, um, you have to go through the, uh, the traditional process with the VA, register for uh, um, for healthcare, and uh, apply for benefits. Um, the applying for benefits piece is a little dicey right now because, as, as I said, the VA hasn't really come to terms with this, so it's it's uh, kind of amorphous. You you have to apply based on particular problem you're having, uh, whether it's asthma or COPD or something uh, uh, different based on exposure to the chemicals, 
and then try to prove that uh, your exposure to the burn pits was the cause. And that, that's difficult, which is why this whole issue is getting a lot of attention because there are folks who are applying for benefits and are not able to get them simply because they can't make that link proving that it was the exposure to the burn, to burn pits that caused the problem. And uh, as uh, the VA is trying to deal with this, they, they at least have moved on in a related area. Um, they are now uh, in the process of, of setting up a big study to look at the kinds of uh, uh, toxic uh, chemical exposure uh, within the, the veteran community. Right. And that, that's a big deal. This is a, a, a really big study they're setting up, which if, um, if previous studies are uh, a guide, may well lead to some uh, legislative or um, regulatory uh, presumptions about what diseases uh, may be uh, caused by exposure to various kinds of uh, medical, uh, you know, uh, sorry, what kinds of medical issues are related to toxic, toxic exposure in the service. One of the things that uh, is turning up now is uh, a, a very um, high rate of cancers uh, among uh, certain groups of veterans, and it it certainly is suggestive that there's uh, chemical exposure that uh, that caused these. But as you know, uh, the fact that things occur together doesn't necessarily mean that one caused the other. But certainly, it's it's suggestive, and hopefully, the study will will clarify that, and we'll see some uh, regulatory presumptions or statutory presumptions that will make it easier for folks who were exposed to various uh, chemical cocktails in the service to uh, to get benefits. Um, one example for just uh, stands out is uh, the firefighting film that's been used by the service for a number of years and we're now phasing it out because it turns out it has lots of carcinogens in it. But uh, a number of, uh, of veterans who uh, or firefighters in the service have uh, come down with various cancers, and so it's it's that kind of thing. You know, you don't you don't think intuitively of um, the results of handling various chemicals, but uh, there are huge numbers of chemicals used within the, the various branches of the military for various things, and uh, apparently a lot of them are not causing good uh, results in terms of human health. So that's that's getting looked at, and hopefully it's going to lead to some uh, regulations or statutory presumptions. Yeah, I, uh, you know, this is, again, one of those things that, as, as we've kind of alluded to, uh, that it can take time and, and there's so many layers uh, that uh, something that seems uh, fairly uh, straightforward. Sometimes it isn't, and uh, the the VA, like any responsible, I guess, uh, uh, type of uh, organization, wants to make sure that that this plus this caused this harm, and therefore we need to cover it. They they don't just uh, 
you know, they don't just, uh, what do you call it, uh, write the check. They, they, they investigate thoroughly, and that's why it takes so long, because it, it literally can take years for them to make a decision. That's true. All right. Uh, anything else that, we, uh, that you feel that, uh, that we need to bring up? Sure, there's, there's one other big, uh, big issue going on. Uh, I don't think you and I have talked about it, but there are lawsuits now pending um, over certain kinds of discharges from the military. And what's going on is that the uh, plaintiffs in these suits allege that certain service members are being singled out for inappropriate, undesirable discharges. And, uh, sorry, not technically undesirable, less than honorable discharges is the technical uh, way to say it. But, but they're being singled out for these discharges because they have um, problems functioning in the military as a result of either PTSD or traumatic brain injuries. Mm. And there's uh, there's been a suit pending against the army for a while, but uh, uh, there's now a suit pending uh, against the uh, the navy, which handles the discharges for the navy and marines. And the, the big news in terms of that suit is that the services had asked the federal district court judge who was handling the case to dismiss the case, saying there was no basis for going forward. And that motion was just denied. So it's now going to go forward and actually uh, uh, be determined on the merits. Uh, and, and this is a big deal. This is a class action that involves literally thousands of post-9-11 Navy and Marine Corps veterans. So it's, um, it's, a, uh, it's an important issue for those folks. You know, I, I know it's not uh, huge in terms of the millions and millions of people in the U.S., but for those folks, it's, it's, uh, it's really a big deal because what happens with these less than honorable discharges is those folks uh, don't get their GI Bill benefits. They don't get um, their uh, uh, medical treatment from the VA. They don't get their compensation benefits from the VA. It's, uh, it's, it's really quite a big deal if, if you're already suffering from something like PTSD or the effects of a traumatic brain injury. So it's, uh, it's, a, uh, it's really uh, an important uh, issue. And as I said, there's, there's already a pending suit against the Army, which has, has likewise survived a motion to dismiss. And so over the next year or two, um, we'll be kind of following that and, and seeing where that goes. But I'm hopeful that what it will lead to is a uh, more careful review of these discharges where people already have them and some safeguards going forward for people who are potentially subject to them. So this is less than dishonorable. Is that what the phrase was? Less than honorable. Less than honorable. Uh, uh, so so not, honorable. Not, not dishonorable, but less than honorable. Right. There, there are actually three kinds of, of, of uh, bad discharges. There's a bad conduct discharge, there's a dishonorable discharge. And now both of those uh, are, are very specific. They can only be uh, 
given after trial by a court-martial. You have to have an attorney. You get due process protections. But this, um, uh, other than honorable discharge, is something that the service can do uh, administratively. There's no uh, no due process protections, no attorney. Um, so it's uh, it's a question, it becomes a question really of how sophisticated the unit commander is about uh, things like PTSD or traumatic brain injury. And if he doesn't recognize or she doesn't recognize uh, why the person's behavior is what it is, then they can end up with one of these less than honorable discharges and find themselves out of the service with no benefits, um, even after they've uh, put in years and uh, and you know done well, and it's a it's a it's just a a very gray area in terms of how these things get handled right now. Um, so these these lawsuits are intended to try to both a uh, improve the, the situation for people who already got these discharges, and b to try to uh, reduce the uh, the ease with which these get handed out now when uh, the commander's not happy with you. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, and, and again, the good news about this is, is that uh, at least the court recognized that there may be some underlying mental issues, and, and therefore the this isn't some kind of black and white thing. It isn't like, you know, I don't know, just acting bad out of uh, for the sake of acting bad. It sounds like the court's saying, wait a minute, this, this could be a mental issue, and I think that generally speaking, America is doing better at trying to understand. Uh, mental issues and things of that nature. Um, so, so that's kind of what I'm getting out of it. Uh, what's your take? I mean, am I close? What do you think? You're right on the money, Bert. That's that's exactly right. I think this is an attempt to kind of bring the military in line with um, a, a modern approach to the problems of mental health, and, uh, and we're starting to understand better that. These uh, closed head injuries, uh, even though there's no apparent um, external wound, really can do very bad things to people. Um, that these, you know, having a concussion uh, can lead to, uh, to particularly on to, to ongoing very very bad results. And gotten a lot of press really in the uh, in the football context. As you know, a lot of uh, a lot of folks with uh, uh, concussions uh, in the football leagues, and they've recently had uh, lots of discussion about how those things should be treated and how people should be compensated. And, and I think the same issues arise in the military, certainly a lot more frequently because there are a lot more veterans than there are uh, football players, but. Uh, but it's, it's just beginning to really get, um, I don't know, consciousness raised about it, I guess is probably as good a word as uh, I can look for. Sure, sure. It, it, and, the, you know, I, I'm glad you brought up the uh, um, 
football analogy uh, because um, the the even even the football players have had a fight for this um, closed head injury, right? This, this concussions. I mean, this it, it's obvious that you're seeing these these athletes and they're smashing into each other, and the NFL for many, many years, even though they have the information, really refused to acknowledge that as a, as a, uh, I would call it, as a possible affliction or side effect of playing football. And, and that has taken decades to uh, be recognized by the NFL. Uh, and it sounds like our military is, is starting to maybe make that, attempting to make that turn as well, slowly but surely. I, I think they are, Bert. I, I, I think it's safe to say that that the military currently is doing better about recognizing these TBI incidents. Um, it's, uh, it's far from perfect, but they're at least being uh, more aware that this can happen and that um, treatment needs to, needs to, needs to, uh, needs to take place and, um, we're just recognizing the, the nature of the symptoms that can come from those things as, um, you know, as something distinct from what you were describing before, where people were just being intentionally bad or difficult. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Francis, we're out of time. I want to give out the website. It's um, veteransbenefits.com. If you're having issues, if you're a family member, if you Nova Vet, have them reach out to veteransbenefits.com. And Francis, as always, my friend, it's good to have you here. And again, I appreciate what you guys do to take care of our brave men and women. Well, we appreciate what you do to get the word out about issues, Bert. So thank you. You bet. You bet. Good stuff there from Francis Jackson, one of America's most trusted lawyers for his work in the area of disability. And if you are a veteran, if you know of a veteran, if you know of a veteran that's maybe been denied their benefits, they're suffering in silence, just reach out to them and let them know about veteransbenefits.com. Francis and his team will be glad to talk to them for free and point them in the right direction and get them some help. And this is something that's vitally important. Uh, you know, Francis Jackson and I were hanging out with uh, former Army Sergeant Randy Couture, MMA champion. Uh, he's also been in, in several movies. And one of the things that he brought up, which I thought was uh, a very valid point, is that as a soldier, you are you have this mindset of grinding it out, of just soldiering on, not asking for help. And that's fine in certain contexts. But now, on the other side of the conflict, if you will, if you're a veteran, you're no longer a soldier. You don't need to soldier on. You don't need to suffer in silence. You need to reach out to veteransbenefits.com, talk to somebody, and see how you can get some help. You, you know, the, the USA owes it to you. You owe it to yourself and to your family not to suffer. All I can say is let's share this episode with everyone we know. Let's help as many veterans and their families find out about these important issues and get some help 
have them go to veteransbenefits.com. As always, my friends, thank you so much for stopping by and supporting the show. Thank you so much for your quotes. Thank you so much for your suggestions. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.